jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! Well, um, you know... I don't know, man. We're back. I feel like it's been a while, even though we had our episode last week where all we did was yell for an hour. Oh, it does feel like it's been a long time. It feels like a very long time since we had a proper episode. But that's because we did it two days earlier than we planned, which was still one day earlier than we would typically record. And now, once again, we are completely thrown off. Yes, and before that, we had taken a couple of weeks off. So yes, I feel so rusty. Yeah, remember when we were like... It's going to be a wicked Halloween month. We're making all this <laughs> yeah. content. We're here. We're Gaylord's content creating for all of you. We got Shocktober. We got Tales from Queer Horror. We're doing releases, staggered release all month long. And happy anniversary. And then we disappeared. For the <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can't be trusted with these no. things, obviously. No. Uh, no, I've basically, I've been so, it's been nice. Uh, I don't know. Just, like, watching stuff at my leisure. Any standouts, as they say in Canada? Let's see. Have there been any standouts? I don't know. I've been watching a lot of uh, TV documentary series about cults and cult-adjacent things. Oh, I was going to say TV documentary series about housewives. And about and about housewives from various <laughs> regions of the country. The cult shit, it, I, it's all I want, besides Housewives. It really is. Yeah, There's so there's there's some, some series that uh, we got into. You yeah. and I both watched them, because if either of us finds out about one, we must tell the other, because it's a passion of ours. Well, it's only fair, because you know how you um, buy in, and then you say, Anthony, I have a great opportunity for you. Yeah, you're my you could... down... What do they call it? Not downwind. Or downstream. Both seem like you're either farting or peeing on something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's some word for like that MLM, like you're the people above you and the people below you. It's not down the line. Shouldn't we know this with how much you'd of this stuff think, we've been digesting? You'd think. <laughs> yeah. But you did that. And then now I'm a manager and you're a manager and our bonus checks just keep coming in. You know what? Listen, okay. We are girl bosses. <laughs> Hashtag boss babes. We are boss babes. Okay, hun. Listen. <laughs> hey, girlies. We have got an opportunity for you. <laughs> anyway, so yes. So whether it's religious, whether it's selling things, whatever. Give me a cult and I'm in. I mean, I'm into watching it. I'm not into being in it, but... It's just, I think it's, especially at this point in the pandemic slash, uh, I was going to say post-Trump, but it feels like we're still (laughs) Trump-Trump. Like, it's just the lingering effects, right? Um, I get, like, my favorite thing right now. I derive so much pleasure, I guess, 
from watching heterosexuals be absolutely out of control. Oh, yeah. And that's, I feel like the cult stuff is the epitome of that. Like, you don't see any gay people, besides Allison Mack, arguably. <laughs> like, you don't see, you don't see any of them playing into this stuff. It's so weird. It's really weird when you watch, like, one of the ones we watched, Lula Rich, which was on oh. Amazon. Um, it's really interesting how these things really do spring from heteronormative culture. Because you have, like, bored overeducated women yeah at home who are like i'm not living up to my potential as a human being because mm-hmm. they are just a part of that stereotypical heteronormative family unit so the mm-hmm. husband is working and so hey boss babe do you want to like <laughs> multitask and earn what if i told you that you could earn thousands of dollars and still take care of your family mm-hmm and that's how they get suckered in. And the next thing Look you know, you. they're selling... They're selling the buttery, soft, <laughs> yeah. moldy leggings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. It's wild. I would never describe an item of clothing. I would never want to wear an item of clothing that someone has described to me as buttery, soft. I don't... No, <laughs> I'm not even interested in butter that's buttery, soft. <laughs> Like, I only take hard butters, thank you. Right. Like buttery soft? I don't know. No buttery thanks. soft and you want me to put it on my legs? <laughs> yeah, I do. Buttery. <laughs> uh, it's, it's absolutely um yeah, it's absolutely, hey, be a productive member of society while still maintaining your gender role. <laughs> yeah, and so it's no wonder that like a lot of them spring from Utah. Uh, mm-hmm. Mormon country where it's like there are strict rules about like family dynamics but also you must achieve 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 mm-hmm. so basically that's I've been enjoying those I'll say that yeah 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 it's specifically white heterosexual people yeah oh yes let's go nuts mm-hmm. and I just I just can't get enough yeah <laughs> yeah so that's a good, um, that's a good Halloween season, huh? It's Halloween yeah, it's, week. It's my shocktober. <laughs> yeah, spooky how, how straight people live. <laughs> uh, yeah, so just a random horror movie here and there. Um, I don't know. Whatever. I just go where the sea takes me. You know what I mean? I'm just a drift, man. You're just in a raft. I'm just in a raft, dying of heat stroke and thirst. Yeah, you're you're absolutely beet red from the sun exposure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my several layers have peeled away. <laughs> Deli- the sharks are circling you, and you're delirious. Yeah, but I'm free. <laughs> Isn't it funny how? Like, these days, the idea of just walking into the ocean and never coming back is, like, so <laughs> appealing. <laughs> Do you feel that ever? <laughs> oh, only every day. Um, but especially, you. but I feel like you have to do it at night under the full moon. And so somebody, like, yes. up on the shore might see you walk into the waves. They just see that little glisten. Yeah. Of your buttery smooth legs. <laughs> Buttery soft, excuse me. And smooth. <laughs> like, 
who is that person wearing leggings and a giant <laughs> wig walking into the ocean? Girl, I don't know, but she looks buttery soft. She oh, there she goes. <laughs> well, was it a ghost? I don't know. Yeah, it's a very specific American kind of Uri. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. What are you going to be for Halloween? Probably bored, right? Like, what am I? What am I going to do, Anthony? Dress up and sit on my couch? Yes, that's what I did last year. I was Annabelle, and I made a pumpkin that said "cunt." Okay. That's all I did for Halloween last year. That's a very 2020 Halloween. Uh, I'm not dressing up as anything. What are you doing? Oh, you're gonna do. Oh, you 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 you're gonna have a clever costume this year, right? That's your maybe. I have a number of ideas. I have a number of ideas. All I'll say is I do have like three different wigs that are absolutely the hair from *Malignant*. So, <laughs> do I wish that they were Gwen Shamblin wigs, though? Of course, absolutely. And I'm, I'm trying to study it. Like, if you haven't seen *The Way Down*, Gwen Shamblin is a fucking horrible person um but she has this hair oh my god (laughs) it is unlike anything i've ever seen in my life and they hit you with it right out of the gate like a jump scare and like i'm not exaggerating right like they hit you with it and you say what oh my god and then they go back in time and so that way you get to see the way it's evolved like a pokemon (laughs) or like that that silhouette thing of like you know cro-magnon to modern man it's like yeah the development chart the development chart it's incredible i've just never seen it defies physics you can pinpoint, you're like, okay, somewhere between like 2015 to 2018, the wig went sentient or the hair went sentient. Yes. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out like, are there, is it all, is it her hair? It has to be a wig. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I shouldn't ask you. No, you should. I'm the last one you should ask. Cause I'm like, I think that's her hair. But I, it like, feels like there would have to be some sort of structural support. And I realize people that were talking about something you haven't seen. And how fun for you. Google Gwen Shamblin right now. Look up her. Look at it. You'll see the hair. You're right. There's a struct. There's some kind of bump it dome. Well, I mean, look at the 1950s. Some of the hairstyles that we had. And That's I don't, true. I don't know what kind of structure. I, I assume that there's like chicken wire. Because <laughs> how else could it be? But I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no teasing of hair. They just go straight to the chicken wire. <laughs> it's like there has to be an armature under there. There but... has to be. There's there's adamantium of some kind underneath there, and it it's very interesting. I'm very curious how much of it is extensions. What are are there separate components, additional components that help? create the apparatus of the hair so that that i might be her or i might just be lazy and be annabelle again we'll find out i feel like you have to dress up or else you get cursed you know i'll take that under advisement yeah 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 yeah. you at the very least you have to put on like a little clown nose or a little raggedy and blush dot or you no know, no there no i'm not doing it because a clip what? Of, what if what if you got a clip on bang 
Oh, you mean if I got another one? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what? There's just, I would already, I'm having an out-of-body experience, and I can't imagine anything sadder than a person sitting on their couch, minding their business, dressed up. What well, reason? Because then what happens? Like a clown outfit. What happens if my house catches on fire and I have to go outside and people are like, "What's with the bangs?" Or yeah, that's the first. They're, they don't. The fire department. <laughs> your house is consumed in flames. Yeah. And they don't even. They don't. They don't ask any information. They don't get. They don't ask to be let in. They don't try to go inside. They just say, "I'm sorry. I need to. St- I need to stop for a second. I don't what's, want to be rude, but... What's with the bangs? What's with the bangs? What's with the bangs in the clown nose? <laughs> oh, so oh, this? Oh, yeah, oh, this? This is so I don't get cursed today, obviously. <laughs> I see. Okay, now you have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Now I have to do it every night in case my house catches on fire. <laughs> But I do appreciate that you're you're always concerned with optics in this way, Stacey. I really am. You would, it's surprising that I am, but I actually am. Well, you no blister, Stacey. Very much. This is this is deep to to the core of the ponder. Yeah. In that, uh, you are always concerned about what you're wearing or how you look at any given time because you all, you could die at any moment. I, I mean, like you do see people who wear their pajamas to go to the store, and they say, "Who cares? I want to be comfortable." And I say, kudos, who doesn't like to be comfortable? But I say, you, first of all, you never know when you're going to die. Second of all, you never know when you're going to run into a cutie. It, uh, that's true. So. That's true. I don't need to go to anywhere in my pajamas, thank you. Death, accidental death, rapture, right. a rapture, and then that's all that's <laughs> left is their clothes. So that's what, that's what they remember you by, or a cutie. Rapture. So you leave your clo- they Oh boy. These theological questions. Let's this is not the it. place. This is a horror <laughs> podcast. This is not the place. I should consult my local clergy, I guess. But I'm just like, can you explain the rapture to me? That the clothes are left behind, which intimates that your body leaves the clothes. Yes. So at the moment of rapture... Are there going to just be millions of nudies floating up to the sky? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Is that it? Do they take the clothes off, or do the clothes just, like, magically dissolve off of them? But if remaining intact? If you're vanishing and going to heaven, why are the clothes left behind? Does that imply that millions of nudies are going to show up at heaven's gate? Yeah. Ready to go. Yeah. Because I'm not interested. (laughs) You're not there for the naked party. I'm not there for the naked party. (laughs) I'm not saying I'm a never nude, but... Anyway. You will will reject the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. (laughs) Unless I can wear clothes. Yes. (laughs) In case you die in heaven. And then they'll need to see your outfit. You have to stand there in line while they fucking go through all the good things you've done or the bad things or whatever, and you, everybody has to stand in line nude. They're all nude. No, thank you. That's the final test. Let's see. 
That's to weed it. That's to weed you out, Stacy. Well, they can. I'll save them some time. Weed me out in advance. <laughs> You're like, I did pre-check. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not part of this. <laughs> yeah. P.S. I'm gay. <laughs> oh well. They were like, oh, why are we even talking about this then? <laughs> Condemn her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's my upfront business. Yeah, happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> happy Halloween, everybody. There right. are there are uh, Halloween treats in order. Oh. Um. Yes, we. Uh, well, uh, I I have tales from queer horror finally releases. Uh, like tomorrow, basically, by the time you're listening to this, everybody. Um, and you can. That's my new web series version of queer horror, where we take queer horror shows that we've done in the past and Carlo through like Elvira and Crypt Keeper style hosting segments introduces our previous acts and I have a theme song and everything and I love it um, and you can find out all about that on my social media either at the Carla Rossi or at Queer Horror PDX um, so we have that I have that coming out and Stacy, you and I both did a thing oh we did do you remember this we did uh, we did I was actually so excited to do this. We did Random Number Generator Horror Podcast number nine, which is a horror podcast um, that Cecil Baldwin and Jeffrey Craner from Welcome to Fucking Night Vale do. I couldn't believe it when Cecil messaged me because I haven't been in love with Cecil for years um, and gone to all the live shows. Uh, it was so fun. We got to do that episode and that that came out on their feed yesterday. So if you go look up Random Number Generator Horror Podcast number nine, you can listen to us talking about what? <laughs> ah, the uh, stage production. <laughs> the 1982, right, stage production of Sweetie Todd. <laughs> As you might expect. From us. Yeah, their whole thing with their podcast is, and the name might tip you off, but the movie, not that we did a movie, but you know what I mean. Uh, the movie that they talk about with a guest each week is determined by the roll of the dice that determines oh. genre and style and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we uh, apparently got some homophobic dice. <laughs> And said you could do the stage production of Sweeney Todd, which there's no word in that sentence that I hate. Um, <laughs> we almost faked our deaths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we considered it. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Not watching yeah. the Sweeney Todd. That was absolute fucking torture from beginning to end. <laughs> but doing the show was a lot of fun. We had a lot of laughs. So. It was a blast. They were, uh, Cecil and Jeffrey are a joy to talk to. Um, so listen to the podcast. Yeah, listen to it and subscribe to them and subscribe to us if you haven't already, but you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> that would be also be nice. Yeah, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Yay, Halloween! Yay, Halloween! <laughs> See, stuff happened. Keeping on the, I guess, the Halloween theme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um... Because we watched a certain film last week. She Who Shall Not Be Named. She Who Shall Not Be Named. Uh, and so we said, you know what? Let's revisit Laurie Strode. A different Strode on a different day. Still Strode strong. Um, t- today we were talking about Halloween H2O 20 years later. Yeah, you've been on a Halloween bender. Stacy. I don't know where this is coming from, but... 
I don't either because I I I honestly feel like um, I remember when I was a teenager and I I had I was really I was well I was maybe eleven I wasn't a teenager yet but I was I was on the borderline of leaving the Catholic Church which I was I was raised in and also getting really into horror and so I I found a commonality in The Exorcist between both of those places of existing. And so I was obsessed with exorcisms and I read this book by like the chief exorcist of Rome. I used to carry it around in my, my, my book bag as a kid. And there was a person in there talking about what it's like to be possessed. And they're like, you're watching as you do all these things, but you're inside screaming and you can't control yourself. <laughs> and that's been me watching all of these Halloween films this last week. Because <laughs> I said, I said to you, like, I... I after Halloween kills, I was like, I think Halloween is dead to me. I, I don't think I want to watch another Halloween ever again. I and I don't know how this happened because I loved Halloween. It was my franchise as a kid. Specifically one, two, and H two O. And now I'm like, I don't do I even care about Halloween at all after Halloween kills. Um and then uh, we watched, Jason and I watched four and five. I watched six the other night. And then I watched Rob Zombies one and two. And now we watched H Duo. Well. I don't know why. It just keeps happening. I just keep putting them on. And I'm not deriving joy. <laughs> You've seen them all before. So you know what to I've expect. seen them all before. How I didn't strange. watch. I didn't watch the good, like, two and three. I didn't watch the good ones because I watched those last year, I guess, but... It's very strange, I have to say. I don't know what it was. I don't yeah. know what it was. I can't sign off on six. I'm saying that right now. Yeah. Um, if anything, I learned that I love Tina in part five, but otherwise, I got nothing from this. <laughs> yeah. Well. Except I did get, I you know, I saved it. I saved H2O for the last one because I was like, at least I can end on a high note. Yeah. But even still, Stacy, once I finished H2O last night, I looked over and I saw Resurrection on the shelf. Listen, we did our episode on Resurrection, as you know. And then I wrote one of my columns about a specific detail in Resurrection that people probably know at this point. <laughs> Subscribe to Room Morg if you want to. I write a column in there. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> I love that you will never make a call to action. Like, it's always like, if you would like. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Thank uh, you. Um, so I had to rewatch Resurrection to, to before I wrote that column. And... It's so bad, but also I get it. It's I it it, it uh, the Rumpelstiltskin effect is happening for me, where I'm thinking back to things about it. It's that one and Friday Thirteenth Part Eight are the two movies that I feel it happening. I don't want it to happen necessarily, but I feel it. They're both getting Rumpelstiltskin for me, and I'm just thinking about how good they are. You're getting attacked by the eights. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't, I, uh, last night, I, cause I went on a bender because in the, in the commentary for H2O at the end during the credits, Jamie Lee starts talking about her pitch for eight for resurrection and how she was trying to fight to get them to put all the mental patients in perms, in bleached perms. <laughs> Why? 
<laughs> because she created this backstory in her head that the asylum was next to a beauty school, and so the beauty school students would experiment on the mental patients. <laughs> sense and that and she's like they didn't go with along with it but that was her that was like what she contributed to like whereas she produced essentially i mean unofficially h2o that was her say for resurrection was i want everyone to be in bleached perms (laughs) and there is a beauty school nearby she is speaking my language though (laughs) (laughs) and so so like i started thinking and that's that's not in the movie but right. then I hear that, and then I and then I start reading about resurrection, and then I read about how one of the actresses was kidnapped. What? Yeah, she was like kidnapped and held hostage for like days after huh. the movie came out, and then I'm just like, and then I start thinking about Dangertainment and Tyra Banks. So you haven't? When are you watching it tonight? Probably. Probably tonight. Yeah. Probably tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, Godspeed. Thank you. Uh, H2O, I gotta say, what a joy Yes, it was to watch this movie. I think this movie is only getting better with age, and especially thanks to the new trilogy, the Lindsay Wallace trilogy. (sighs) (laughs) Um, Especially compared to that, because if you remember when Halloween came out in 2018, Halloween H4O, uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride were like, oh, we're disregarding everything from the films. And then they come out and you're like, except that you're not doing that. And you're just pulling from all of these films that are better than yours. Yes. To lesser returns. And so I think especially in light of the new films, H2O is so good. It just gets stronger and stronger. You're absolutely right. The The fact that I watch this and I think they have had two movies now. Oh, God. Oh, the flames are on the side of my face. (laughs) They have had two movies now where they're trying to do what H2O did in essentially like half an hour. You know, the first thing that I see for this movie before you put it on is that it's only 87 minutes long. And I say, (sighs) blessed be. I get out my, (sighs) my bumper sticker. It says, blessed be. <laughs> right. Because, my God, where has the 87-minute horror movie gone? Malignant was three weeks fucking long. <laughs> Every movie, oh, 154 minutes. It's Scream. Like, can we just go back to 87 minutes, please? I'm sorry, unless, unless your movie ends with Florence Pugh in a fucking flower dress setting her boyfriend on fire i don't need it to be longer than two hours that didn't need need to be as long as it was that could have been 87 minutes just fine also i don't need anything to be longer than a good like 76 is pushing it yeah (laughs) yeah like come the fuck on man yeah so that already had me uh you know excited let's say and then it's just like yes this h2o does everything that these new movies are supposed to do and it does it so well and i just was kind of astonished because i think h2o for some reason has always gotten kind of maligned by the fandom it it absolutely has and i'm not sure why 
even looking at it with my 1998 eyeballs in, uh, I don't know. Like, what is it just that it wasn't explicit? I mean, granted, the Michael Myers mask is atrocious. <laughs> There's too much of his eyes. He's got troll doll hair. <laughs> he looks like a Teletubby. Yeah, like, I just, it, that doesn't work. And it, the the dude is, like, it does make you appreciate Nick Castle. Because it's like, no one can play Michael Myers like he did. Yeah. No one else yeah. gets it. He gets it. He gets it. Even two, like, two, he was very catatonic. But that was even different. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nobody feels right. Like, 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 nobody feels like Nick Castle. Yeah, baby. <laughs> but the mask, oh, the mask is awful. There's four, I had to look into it. There's four different masks in this film. Oh, God. My very favorite is the CGI mask that they transpose over his face in that one shot. Um... When what's-his-name turns around after the dish disposal sequence, drain disposal. Oh, I didn't notice. I'll send you a picture of it. It's incredible, Stacey. Oh. Uh, but the mask is terrible. But I, I I, think, yeah, it's so maligned. I think I made a list of what I find sucks about this movie. Mm. The ba- the four awful masks. Yeah. Yes. Um, the Scream soundtrack. Yeah. They straight up lifted sound design and sound cues from Scream mm. for this movie, uh, including Marco Beltrami's score, including little stings. Um, like, like there's a sequence where Michael is stalking Jodie Lynn O'Keefe, which I actually love that sequence. Um, but they're just straight up lifting the soundtrack from Casey Becker running from Ghostface. Mm. Um, to that end, I'd say that just the sound design in general is mm-hmm. weird in this movie. Then there's that scene with Scream 2 <laughs> playing on the TV, <laughs> mm-hmm. which makes no sense because in Scream, they're watching Halloween. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's it, true. And I get that they throw these in as little references because Kevin Williamson produced, co-executive produced the movie. Right. But other than that, I'm like, motherfucker, this movie is great. You have those things. I think people didn't like it because it was putting Halloween in that kind of, it was coming out of the era of Scream. Right. And so it was just see those movies except for Scream. Uh I mean you can read Alexandra West's book about teen horror of the nineteen nineties to Hell read yeah. all about it. But it's like every movie except for Scream was maligned during that era if it had like because they all had the same fucking poster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they did. And so I think hardcore horror fans just kind of disregarded all of them period it got regarded as like teeny bopper bubblegum at the time right yeah um but i really i i only like this movie more and more every time i see it um it has so much going for it it has so much heart uh which is something that this the the most recent halloweens are absolutely missing there's no emotion anywhere in those films whatsoever uh, this one is full of heart. Jamie Lee, man. I wish... Uh, that's. I can't believe that she's in these new movies and they don't really let her act. She is a fucking great actor. They know what to do with Laurie... Like, this is such a fantastic arc for Laurie Strode. And it's like, yeah. this is what... Trauma, as she calls it. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the trauma would do to her. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's amazing how many little things they fucking lifted from this movie, even though they're like, we're disregarding everything. But you look at this scene of her with the Chardonnay here when she's out to lunch and she like her boyfriend gets up to go to the bathroom. And so she has a full glass of Chardonnay, but she orders another glass and quickly chugs the full glass and gets another one. And it's like that versus the crying with the wine glass scene in the restaurant (laughs) in H4O. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just subtle and more mature and more human and more real. And the new movies just don't know what to do with Laurie Strode. And they're trying to say that their movie is about like a trauma survivor all these years later or whatever, but it's it's like, yeah, but it's like, this is, this is it. You know, she's changed her name. Uh, it, her experiences have made her paranoid and have made her hard and hard to She's get an to addict. Know. She's an addict. Um, her she doesn't get along with her son. Um, all of these things that just don't come through in H four O. This Laurie Strode is a real fucking person who went through a really bad thing and is trying to deal with it. And yeah. she gets her moment of finally being like, okay, now I'm going to deal with this for real and deal with it head on, and I'm not going to run away from it anymore. We watch her get to make that choice. Yeah. When she realizes she could just run and continue this whole cycle, and then she has to really, really push herself and make a very scary decision to confront it head on. And you watch her do that in one second, and Jamie Lee carries all and conveys all of that. Mm-hmm. The, the the other films, these new films, I'm, I'm just going to keep comparing and contrasting because I hate myself. But these new films, that that Lori is, I don't see it as Lori. This is an, this, the whole film itself reads to me as an aggro, cis, straight, white dude fantasy. And this is, this is aggro, cis, straight, white dude fantasy Lori Strode. Where she's like, yeah, I've got my mannequins, I've got my basement bunker. <laughs> Yeah. But this is a, this is a, this version, this is a real three-dimensional woman. H4O, she builds her mannequin gauntlet and has a terrible relationship with her daughter and all of this, but she hasn't moved. Do you know what I mean? This is a, and then Lori Strode as Carrie Tate, she's trying to get away from it, but it's showing you how you can't, you can't just ignore the trauma. You have to yeah. confront it somehow. Yeah, she's running. The whole movie, she's running until she consciously chooses not to. Um, and I think, I, I, I love that you bring up the wine scene and how the, the new films try to mimic some of these moments. But I used to laugh. Like, the, the can I get another glass of Chardonnay, please, today? Like, I've always, in my mind, it was always so funny and campy. Watching it last night, I'm like, it's not funny. Like, she, there's real pathos in that moment and there's shame. And it's just so good. <laughs> Sorry, I yeah. love H2O. It's amazing that it, fe- I, like, what I noted during that scene is that it feels, H2O and H4O, they feel like their eras should be switched. Right? Like, H4O feels more 98 with its, like, over-the-top violence and its dude-bro humor and its crudeness and all of this, whereas H2O is a much more nuanced portrayal of Laurie Strode and the effects of what happened in 1978. 
And it's very much in line with this this current kind of movement going through horror films of, oh, hey, women are real people. This movie does such a great job, and it shows how simple it is. If you just have some decent dialogue with a little whiff of charm, the expendable characters aren't completely expendable. I'm thinking specifically of LL Cool J. Love him. Like his little, like it's funny, sure, but his little moments on the phone with his wife where it's like he's an aspiring romance novelist. (laughs) You know, and it's like, it's it's just a joy to watch. And you come to care about that character. And I think in the, I think in the, in 1998, people watch that and they're like, oh, they put a rapper in. They put LL Cool J in. What are these scenes where he's reading a romance novel to his wife? This is stupid. This is cheesy. This doesn't belong in Halloween. Watching this today, she's like, she, you realize so much about this man's life. Yeah. That he's not just this throwaway rapper that's put into a movie. He's not Buster Rhymes in Resurrection. Although, let me tell you, Buster Rhymes in Resurrection is fucking perfect. <laughs> but he's not Buster Rhymes. He... He is a, he, we, you get this whole side of his life where he is trying to navigate his dream of a career. His wife is, is questioning whether or not he's wasting his time. And then you see him, she's becomes like his writing partner and she's helping him in his career. And you really care about both of them. You care about her, even though you only hear her voice on the phone in three scenes. Yeah. When he says, I have to express myself creatively. Like, I'm sure people snicker at that, but it's like, this dude is working a day job, basically, as a security guard at the private school. Yeah. And he wants to be a novelist. Yeah, yeah. He puts up with this, like, aggro white woman who's pointing guns at him and screaming at him for getting... (laughs) Yeah. Right? And he has a fucking dream, and his wife is so supportive of it. It's so nice. Jodie Lynn (laughs) O'Keefe. Star of Halloween H2O and She's All That. And pretty much that's it. I love Jodie Lynn O'Keefe. I I was I was so surprised to see how much I really cared about this character who I knew nothing about. Like just that open, like similar to you know giving it a little cool J, just some interesting dialogue. With the first time we meet Jodie Lynn O'Keefe, she's she's trying to remember the right word to qualify her sentence, basically. And she just names off all these words, this whole scene as they're walking up like a stairway and around the campus. And she just keeps going through different words until she finally gets to repugnant. And I just, I loved her. I love this about her. (laughs) Yeah, that's all it takes is a little bit of, a little bit of flavor in the dialogue. Yeah, and not the flavor of a guy saying I got mustard on my dick. It helps make the world real. And I think this movie is helped by the, obviously, by the caliber of the acting. Even though some yes. of them are very young and very early in their careers, this is introducing Josh Hartnett. What the fuck? Who goes to the same hairstylist as um, Gail Weathers in Scream 3. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you have Josh Hartnett, you have Michelle Williams, and her overplucked eyebrows. <laughs> you have Adam Arkin in a, role, in a minor role as uh, Laurie Strode's boyfriend. So all of this helps. And I just think this is Michael Myers aside. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a terrific movie. I think that's it. I think you, I think that actually, while funny, I think that really is the disconnect in the, in the fandoms. Halloween H4O and H4O 2.0 are entirely about Michael Myers. 
You only watch it to watch Michael Myers kill people. That's the only reason you're there. You're, you're, you are rooting for Michael Myers. Halloween H2O, we've seen better Michaels. This is about Lori and all of the other characters, and you're watching it for them. Like, you should feel bad when a character dies. And not just because it's ugly or whatever. Like, we talked in our last episode about the difference between Nurse Marion's death in Halloween Bangs and her death in H2O. And wow, what a difference. That op- The opening of H2O has more atmosphere than anything in either of the new Halloween movies. Man, <laughs> let me tell you, the second Nurse Marion Chambers, as portrayed by Nancy motherfucking Stevens, gets out of her like Geo or whatever she's driving, <laughs> and she just has that cigarette hanging out of her mouth. She loves to smoke. Just that shot. I'm like, she is a fucking boss babe <laughs> i'll buy leggings i'll buy from leggings her. from her yeah I'm like, she you see you learn so much about this character who we already know granted but you learn so much more about that character just seeing her come out of her geo in uh, with her cigarette and her nurse's outfit than in all of her like three scenes in halloween kills i love like i don't want her to get killed but I love that her last word in this earthly life is "God damn it!" Yes, <laughs> yes. Like she's she is in the a house. surly queen. Yes, she's in the house next door trying to get the attention of the police, and she's like, "Over here, God damn it!" Mm-hmm. And that's—I mean—that's you. I think you were absolutely dead on in the last episode when we asked, "What's the difference?" And I mean, she is the Drew Barrymore of this. She, we all know it's Nurse Marion. I don't want her to die. Even when I first saw this, when I was a, a young teen, I was in love with her. I just, I, I still didn't want her to die then. I don't want her to die now. And it feels so different. And I'm just so much more, it feels so much more grand, that whole sequence versus, God bless her, her shooting out every window in the car and then getting unceremonially stabbed. Um... So I just, that opening sequence, it's so great. It's so great. And we get little baby Joseph Gordon-Levitt with his little ice skate to the face. It's funny how many callbacks there are in this, which is something that we complain about in the new films. Um, But there are as many in these films, I would say. Even just from the opening theme when they play Mr. Sandman, which of course is Halloween, the 1981 film Halloween 2. Yep, that comes in. Um... Just little things like that. Lines of dialogue come back. Everyone's entitled mm-hmm. to one good scare. Oh, but this time Janet Lee gets to say it. This time, yeah. And the whole, like, it's it's incredible. Like, the parallel, to me, it's done well versus Laurie Strode rolling away from under the window. And it's like, remember that shot? <laughs> and maybe this is just my prejudice and enjoying this movie more than the new ones. I don't know. But you look at the sort of beginning of the end in this film and in Halloween 78. And it's Laurie with two kids, a boy and a girl, telling them to go down the street and get help. Mm -hmm. In 78, she tells them to go down the street and get help. And then she just kind of doesn't do anything. And she gets attacked again and she's saved by Loomis. This one, she tells her son and his girlfriend to go down the street and get help. And she picks up the axe. And she yells for Michael, and she goes after him. And it's just like, this is the fucking way to do it, man. 
when when she gets that axe she screams michael and the halloween theme just cues on right then like full body chills out i have left my body i have i have like michael in the new films i have transcended (laughs) but it's not over michael it's over watching Lori take back her fucking power it's amazing and that's that we're two films into the new trilogy it's like fucking four hours into it and laurie has only had power repeatedly taken away from her yeah and she just keeps getting shit on by every character including her own daughter um i think i think that's the thing though with the callback like yeah we get annoyed by callbacks in the new films Something that's important about this to remember, too, is I think, like Jamie Lee pointed out in that interview I watched with her, this was one of the first times this had been done. Yes. It was incredible that they had her back because we had, I mean, three is its own thing, so I don't care. But then you had four, five, and six that tried to do new things, and then they were like, oh, no, time out. We're bringing back Jamie Lee Curtis. We're bringing back Laurie Strode. Yeah. The hype was crazy. It was like Phantom Menace was announced. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, this was, yeah, this was before Phantom Menace. This was before any kind of legacy sequel. Wall Street 2 hadn't <laughs> happened yet. The idea of bringing back the original cast and revisiting a property that's decades old was unheard of. Like, Psycho 2 had done it. Psycho 2 was the weirdo. Uh, but otherwise... It's Halloween, H2O, was really, this was like one of the very first where that was going to happen. And, and it's nuts. It, I had, I, I tripped out on the idea of time and space watching this film. Um, and I'll tell you why. I was thinking about how, you know, in Scream, um, so much of Scream is referential to Halloween, and we get the Halloween sequences that are cut parallel with the stalking sequences in Scream when they're watching that Halloween on the TV at the party. And I realized Scream was only 18 years removed from Halloween uh, when it came out. And then I realized, okay, so if if Scream is to Halloween, then Halloween is to Psycho. Because you get, you have Sam Loomis, you have Marion, you have, you know, all, all these all these little parallels that they have that they bring over Jamie Lee, Janet Lee, um, Halloween and, and psycho were only 18 years removed. So bonkers. So to see here, it actually felt really, it was a, it was a really nice horror was in a weird way, smaller at the time. These franchises were still smaller and it was really nice to see, even though I think the scream, the screamness of H2O isn't necessarily welcome it was kind of nice to see Scream, Halloween, and Psycho all referenced in this one property at this moment in time. And seeing, like, I think for me that they put Janet Lee in this movie, I get really emotional. <laughs> like, watching her, watching her check in with Lori and be like, oh, if I can offer you some maternal advice. And asking, like, are you okay? I've noticed that you seem like you're not okay. And then watching her walk off to her car and it's Marion's car and you hear the Psycho theme. I feel like I should hate it. It, it's a weird moment because it, like, all of it combined makes it feel like she's magical. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's It feels like, it instead of it being Norma, Carrie Tate's secretary, it's like it feels like somehow Marion Crane has, yes. has come over. 
like purple rose of cairo or something like she's come out of the film psycho (laughs) and she's here in h2o because they treat like when she i'm surprised she doesn't fucking wink at the camera and disappear into a cloud of sparkles you're mary poppins off with her umbrella (laughs) yeah like her car drives into the sky like christmas (laughs) evil (laughs) that's what it feels like it's really weird it's so strange and yet i watching that scene i cried last night because it was like i was like it's laurie fucking strode it's marrying it's it's marrying crane it's jamie lee and janet lee like mother and daughter and it's the marriage of these two fucking incredible like genre changing films and it's just like when they do it nowadays when they do those kind of cheap references nowadays it's just like oh i get it i get it yeah it's all family guy it's all just hey remember this it's hey remember this we're gonna do the exact same thing but this movie does it like there's the classroom scene Mm -hmm. where frankenstein again (laughs) frankenstein and they're talking about fate but they they take that and talk about how you know victor has to confront the monster and mm-hmm. it ties in, like, not only is it a reference to 78, it also ties into Lori's story now. Yeah. It's like, this is this is the clever way to do it. That doesn't just feel like, a, huh? Oh my, hey, where's the beef, right? Do you remember where's the beef? <laughs> that character just said, where's the beef? You know, like, it's just, uh, well, it just seems like there's some thought behind it, I guess. Yeah. And the and that it was one of the very first times anything like that had ever happened. How bonkers. What a great ending. Oh. Like, I love, it's a little ridiculous that she has to drive him 10 miles away from the school to chop his head off. But she does. <laughs> and then the van rolls down the hill. But then when she just cuts his head off, closes her eyes, it's over, and the movie ends. And it's like... I mean, then again, this is Steve Miner directing this. Director of the best, Friday the 13th. Yeah. Friday the 13th Part 2 and Part 3. Edited by Patrick Lucia, I noticed. Oh, director of Dracula 2000. (laughs) Yes. I was going to say the My Bloody Valentine remake and Drive Angry, but yes, Yes. also Dracula 2000. Starring vitamin C. (laughs) Uh, so, you know, the people behind this movie know what they're doing. Yeah. And it's a great ending, and it sh- it just should have stopped there, but we can't have that. It it should have stopped there. It was, a, it was, I had some moments where I was like, oh, no, now that I know that they had planned that it wasn't going to really be Michael, it, they had planned that in advance of Resurrection, I had some trying moments watching that ending, like seeing Michael grab the mask. <laughs> When he wakes up and reaching for Lori, I still, I'm like, you can still read it as he's trying to appeal to her humanness. Um, but there was a part of me that was like, oh, God damn it, resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she fucking chops it off. You hear that, you hear that sting that happens whenever something scary happens in the first movie. And then you hear the classic Halloween theme. Yeah. You're not hearing the new John Ottman Halloween theme with, like, the fucking pipe organ or whatever he does in the, <laughs> the score in this version. Yeah. yeah. You don't hear... It's not the scream sound design. You hear the classic sound design from the first movie. I wish it was the whole way. I wish... If if anything, I'm like, go back in and do the Snyder cut of this where you put John Carpenter's score with this. <laughs> um, that would be incredible. That would really change it. 
but but it makes even i think the withholding of that until the ending until she fucking chops off his head and she's just standing there and you hear the ambulance coming it's so good it's so good and i just i just respect i mean i know we've called her a grifter and like <laughs> like she just loves money and she'll talk, talk up any movie for money but that's also her job right sure um and and i just love jamie lee curtis so goddamn much (laughs) and i think i think the integrity that she doesn't really show as much with these new films and her approach to advertising them i think she really came into this one with so much integrity where it was her idea it was her pitch she sought out kevin williamson because he had done scream she made the whole movie happen and then she almost walked off because they wouldn't give her that ending and she said i will only do it if i get this ending She's like, it is finished. And I think, and this is something that we talk about in the Necronomalogue, um, our, our little puppet movie where we talk about our top 10 favorite final girls. But this also was a huge game changer in the saga of Laurie Strode as a final girl. This is the first time that she's not just a screaming, running survivor who just happens to survive. This is, this is, I mean, yes, we've had Nancy in nightmare on elm street fighting back and having a plan yes we have sid prescott turning the tables on the killer and dressing up as the killer and scaring them and killing them but now we get laurie strode like the final girl next to probably sally hardesty the final girl like actively making herself into a fucking warrior (laughs) after 20 years yeah after 20 after 20 years of living a terrible life she finally says no more yeah taking back my life yeah and it's that we get it's not like h4o or halloween no where people just she just keeps talking about it or keeps having these delusions about it we get these moments we get her talking about it with adam markin and he thinks she's joking but she's honestly you see a woman trying to open up for the first time in 20 years about something to somebody that she's never talked about you see janet lee noticing it and trying to bring it up to her you see like the movie it it's it is written. There is writing in this movie. <laughs> yes, yes. There's thoughtful writing. Yeah, and it just—it's so meaningful, and it's really affecting and powerful. Love it. It's a nice bomb after last week. That's for sure. For real. You know what I noticed in this one? I mean, like, granted, everything about Michael Myers is wrong. Yeah. Everything about all the Michael Myers, except for the original, is are, is wrong. The mask is in always all of off. Them. Yeah, the mask is always off, but it's not just the mask. It's the way he moves. It's his stature. Mm-hmm. It's all of these things. But I also noticed, in this one especially, and maybe this is true for some of the other sequels, you can tell me, he's also silent. The breathing! And in the original film, he's not silent. He breathes. He grunts. When he's wrestling yeah. with Laurie, he's like, you know what I mean? Like he, it just gives him more of a presence if he's making noise. Yeah. Doesn't he, in Resurrection, he makes a lot of sounds, doesn't he? I remember us talking about him being like, <laughs> <laughs> in Resurrection, I think he grunts and stuff. Well, they probably go too far, I'm sure. Another reason to revisit that one. Yeah, you can um, tell me next time. <laughs> oh, no. But, uh. Yeah, I was I was thinking about that um, during this that he in the sequels even he still breathe we hear the iconic breathing in the mask 
But um, yeah, in four, five, and six. But in this, he's absolutely quiet. There's no mask breathing. And I'm like, oh, just what I need is I need them to de-scream the soundtrack, remove remove that one pit of sound design when Michael Michael's gonna stab Jody Lynn O'Keefe and he lifts up his knife and in midair for no reason the knife goes shing as if it's being unsheathed but it's not right <laughs> remove yeah. that put in the carpenter score and put in the breathing and it would be perfect I honestly those little things that stick out are so few and far between and are so in no way comparable to the sheer amount of bullshit that happens later on in the franchise that's why honestly for me this is the end of this is where it ends this is the the definitive story of laurie strode this is the only strode strong for me wow wow well happy halloween stacy happy halloween anthony thank you are you ready now to put down that trick-or-treat bag and place your head on the chopping block Uh, honestly no oh we could stop well, I just don't feel very prepared for it, but who cares, I guess. Okay, sure, why not? Great! I don't even remember how this game works. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you asked. The chopping block is our question and answer game where we present each other with three different categories to choose from. We choose our category, which contains five questions that we must answer. We are given 10 seconds to answer each question, unless you call out, I want the wig. In which case, a wig modeled after Whitney's dad's hair from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, will descend (laughs) upon your head and confuse our non-binary executioner, the heads they, winning you an extra 10 seconds to answer that question. If you die at any point, that is it. Game over. You're dead. If you win, you get all five questions right. Congratulations. You get a gold star, but we don't have any to give you, so you can just tell your friends. Okay, I didn't know I could tell my friends. You could tell your friends. So many times I haven't uh, told my friends that I... Guess what? Stacy! I won the chopping block today. They'll say, what the fuck is that? Yeah, what are you talking about? (laughs) You need to start ringing them bells. Well, I don't know who goes first, and I don't care. Because I'm going to lose whether I go first or I go second. I don't believe that. Let's put that to the test. I'll ask you first. All right. I'm telling you, man. I'm rusty as fuck. No. Was it a rusty trombone? Is that a thing? Isn't that one of those things? It's one of those things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Stacy Ponder, you have three queens stand before you. Um, <laughs> we have one rebooted category for you and two brand new categories. Good for you. Yeah. See, I did something the last three weeks. Yeah. Your, your rebooted category, you're going to hate me. Your rebooted category is How Many Times Must I Die? Nope. Halloween edition. No. So it, it, I know in this char- in this category, I name a character from the original film Halloween, and you tell me how many times they would go on to die in the franchise, including reboots, remakes, and retconned deaths. 
Not, I will never, ever choose that category, <laughs> ever. I can tell you that right now. I will never choose it. If it is our last episode with the last chopping block and there's only one category and it's that category, I will rapture myself. <laughs> I was going to say she dematerialized. I will. <laughs> yeah. You will just see my silhouette as my nude self floats up to the clouds. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'll say, well, that concludes our episode on Hostel, everyone. <laughs> Final episode on Hostel. Stacy yeah. is gone. Um, that's why I rebooted that category. <laughs> Your two brand new categories are, can I get another glass of Chardonnay, please, today? Which is a pairing of trivia with horror movies featuring wine. So this is all about uh, wine and wine-adjacent horror films and moments in horror films. Oh, boy. It's actually not very challenging. Uh, and then your uh, second new category is The Real Housewives of Beverly Horror, which is trivia at the intersection of horror movies and R-H-O-B-H. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. So, your three categories are How Many Times Must I Die, Halloween Edition, Can I Get Another Glass of Chardonnay, Please, Today, or... The Real Housewives of Beverly Horror. Wine, please. This sounds intriguing. I'm going to die. I mean, I might as well have just chosen the first category. Yeah, I just, my brain. Anyway, okay. You're going with the wine. I'm going with the wine. No housewives for you. Well, right. Great. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Now, okay. Now, remember, you can call it I Want the Wig and still get Whitney's dad's hair wig. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Or you could get, um, you st- I think you, st- don't you still have the wig of the dead? I believe I do. So you have two wigs, everyone. Stay- for new listeners, Stacey did win the wig of the dead. She unlocked it in a previous, um, this. So <laughs> that's a thing. So you have two wigs. Can I get another glass of Chardonnay, please, today? Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Question. You're going to get these. Question one. I'm not ready. Okay. You're going to get these. Question one. Across several films over several decades, this character famously says, I never drink wine. Dracula. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. told you these are easy (laughs) question two hannibal lecter ate a census taker's liver with what wine and food pairing uh oh i ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice chianti ding 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 a nice chianti i wish he was from jersey yeah (laughs) yeah chianti yeah got a nice chianti yeah (laughs) and she just says um I'll see myself out. <laughs> He's so urbane. <laughs> on to question. Look at you. You're already on to three, Stacy. Okay. 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 Question three. In a throwback to Halloween H2O, Laurie Strode gulps down a glass of wine and starts crying in what interior setting in Halloween H4O? Restaurant? T- ding, ding, ding! Oh, ding, okay. ding, ding! It, okay. it is, sounded more complicated than that. Yeah! <laughs> Okay. On what script page? <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. Question four. 
Cabin A Sauvignon is just one of the many real-world wines you can purchase from Crystal Lake Winery in partnership with what final queen? Yes! Adrian King! Hell yeah! Ding, 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 ding! A fucking angel! Yeah, she is. Light of my life. Love Adrian King. Love Crystal mm-hmm. Lake Winery. Mm-hmm. I just love this Cabin A Sauvignon. So yeah, good. that's pretty good. All right, Stacy, look at you. You have made it to the last question. This is very exciting. You were, you I, mean, were all... I can't wait to, I hope I get to tell my friends. You could tell your friends, you ring the bells, you say, those rusty pipes are clear, baby. The rusty <laughs> trombone no more. Uh, rusty <laughs> pipes are clear, ladies. <laughs> Kelly, who's like, why, what, what, <laughs> I'm sorry, why are you why saying are... this to me? Okay, remember, you do have two wigs. Oh, I remember. All right. Question five. This is for all the money that we don't have. <laughs> In what 2009 slasher remake is a character named Chugs Bradley killed with a wine bottle down her throat? Sorority Row? Ding, 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 oh ding, my ding, God! ding, 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 <laughs> Congratulations! Is it really? It is! I pulled that right out of my rusty pipe! <laughs> <laughs> that was the hard one! Congratulations! Wow! I don't think I would have got that. Wowee! Her name is Chugs. Oh, wow. You have to say... Was she born and named Chugs and then grew up into a wineaholic or vice versa? It's true. true. I hope it's the former. I mean, I think that is the thinking question that everyone brought to Sorority Row. (laughs) I should rewatch it again. Carrie Fisher's great in it. She has a shotgun. Wow. Well. Well done. Good job. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know why I just said that. Okay. <laughs> I won. I'll text you later about it, but I won. Oh, oh right. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. No new categories. <gasps> Good job. Today, earlier, I was like, I need new categories. I want to come up with three new categories. And my brain was like, we won't be doing that. And I said, please, <laughs> brain... Help me think of new categories, brain. And my brain said, what if there was a show called NCIS Wig? (laughs) And I said, that's a great idea, brain, but it doesn't help me with the chopping block. And then the only category title I could even come up with, like sometimes you come up with a great title. I think you've experienced this. You come up with a title and then you only have like three movies that fit that category. It's always, there's only two or three questions that you can possibly come up with. Yeah. And so the only, the, the only pathetic thing my brain could come up with this week was a category called the or no the. And I'm like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I don't even know how to implement that. That is the worst brain. So my brain and I are not on good terms right now. As you can probably tell by listening to me during this episode. 
Is, da or no the is the most Stacy title <laughs> of all time. <laughs> I couldn't. I could not think of a way to make that an actual category that made any kind of sense. So you have old categories. Is my point? Oh, there's a lot. So I'll take it. Okay. Well, I guess NCIS Wig is like. Oh man. Maybe it's a companion show to Wig Court. Like first NCIS <gasps> has to solve the wig crime. Yeah, they have to investigate it. Yeah, I to guess. take the evidence to Judge Toller. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. Well, <clears throat> category one. Name where that tune came from. <laughs> In this category, I give you the name of a track from a horror movie score. <gasps> you tell me the movie from whence it came. Okay. 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 Category two. What a wonderful year. I give you the titles of three horror movies that all released in the same year. You tell me what year. God. And category three is The Jerk Store, <gasps> where I give you a line of dialogue from a famous horror movie jerk. You tell me the name of the jerk. Oh, Oh! So, we have Name Where That Tune Came From, What a Wonderful Year, and The Jerk Store. Oh! Oh, I get so bad with character names, but I really want to do that one. Oh, but I also want... Could I even do the year? I... Mmm... Mmm... I... Mmm... Year me, please. Year you, please. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Get ready to get years. <laughs> oh, no. Baby. You'll get these. You'll get these. You know all these movies. No, that doesn't mean I know when they were things. Well, that is entirely true, but I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I love watching that reassurance go out the window. <laughs> yeah. So, don't forget, you do have a wig. Okay. That's a bad one. Okay, here we go. <laughs> what a wonderful year. I give you the name of three I, uh, movies. <laughs> you tell me the year they came out. Okay. Okay, here we go. Number one, Child's Play, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and Night of the Demons. It's 87. 88. It's 88. Fuck. Judges. Fuck. Oh, fuck. Do we allow Anthony to change their answer? Oh, fuck. Or do we take the first thing they said? Oh, fuck. Well, No, I don't know why I didn't say 87. Judge Toller, what do you say? Oh, no. I mean, is this a little bit The Shining? I mean, the overlook. Oh, no! (laughs) The answer is 1988. So now you see the bind that this puts me in. I did say 87 first. I knew it was 88. And that's why I was like, why did my brain say 87? Because I knew it was 88. You did say 87. But I said 87 first. You did. I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid you have to die. God damn it! <laughs>
too, because I know that like Child's Play is one of your favorite things in the whole world. So. It is. And Elvira, Mistress and of the Elvira. Dark. And wait, what was the other movie? Night, Night of, of the Demons. Demons. That's Jason's favorite. Yeah. God damn. I know it's I knew it was 80. Uh, listen, okay, listen, all of you motherfuckers. I <laughs> knew it was 88. I knew it was 88. That's why I corrected myself and said 88 and then said 88 again because I knew it was 88. So don't go on the internet saying Anthony doesn't know what year their favorite movies came out. Because I do because it's 1988. My brain betrayed me and it said 80. It stuttered and it said 87. The brain does that. It will betray you when you say the wrong thing. I know I've done that on plenty of chopping blocks. It's not t- this week. This week I won. Fuck! <laughs> but sometimes I'm like you, who died on the first question. <laughs> I say the wrong thing. Oh, that's the that's what you all of you sons of bitches don't understand. <laughs> Everyone just listening, just getting their fucking rocks off, listening to me die. <laughs> That's what you, and I'm going to get the messages about it, call me a dumb fucking bitch. That's what you don't understand is when you, you're, you're strapped to the, 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 the block, I guess. Strapped? Yeah, yeah, we got straps. Okay. Well, um, are we just laying here on the goodness of our hearts? It's the. It's the, an honor system. It's the honor, it's the honor system of execution, <laughs> voluntary execution. <laughs> Okay, thank you. So I'm in, in my psychic straps that I put on in the goodness of my heart. <laughs> this honor system. Yeah. And it, the, the clock is ticking and you say the stupid thing sometimes, even though your brain stutters and doesn't work. I'm upset is what I'm trying to say. I would be too. I would be very angry at myself. I am. Thank you for reaffirming that. <laughs> I... However, I stand by the rules. We have to, right? If we just start throwing the rules out, I mean, where will we be? Not on the shopping block. That's right. We'll be somewhere else that isn't structured. Well. Oh my God. I'll be sure to text you later to remind you that I won. I shouldn't gloat because I'll be next week. I told you. No, you can do it. I told you to tell your friends. I'm here to sell. Here's the thing. I can recognize my, I can own it. As they yeah. say on the housewives, I can own my stumblings and I can yeah. celebrate and uplift other queens. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to do. Well, it's been a, uh, well, how's it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> something happened today something happened today it was spooky it was scary it was very halloween adjacent uh-huh. um it was exactly how our listeners wanted to celebrate the holiday with us i know for sure um please everyone remember go on the streams and the feeds and the patreons and all of that listen to us on random number generator horror podcast number nine with yeah, cecil baldwin I'm sure we will link it up in our places. Yeah, we. I'm sure we'll have even shared it already. Um, mm-hmm. Cecil Baldwin mm-hmm. and Jeffrey Craner's podcast. Hit it up. Listen, it's a lot of fun. They do get to talk about really good movies, too, like Neroy. We didn't. <laughs> yeah, we get Sweetie Todd. And it is really funny because, like, most of the conversation is just us complaining about that. Because <laughs> we're good sports. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. listen, so listen to that, and 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 I I do really really love, and I'm so proud of Tales from Queer Horror, and I'd really like to get uh, some good eyes on it. And the thing about the internet is the internet's really good at thro- throttling any video content that like isn't directly like TikTok or paid for or whatever. Yeah. So please go on my site, my social media, and watch it and share it, because um, I'm just so excited to make a brand new queer horror web series for everybody. So yeah. check it out. It's, it'll be Watch a... it. It's free entertainment, people. It's free shit, man. We have our Necronomologues on GaylordsOfDarkness.com. You can watch those yes. for free. We are so proud of them, and we don't put them on, you know, the TikTok or, like, Instagram TV yet. We haven't done that yet. And... Uh, we would love for you to see them. So check them out. They're at gaylordsofdarkness.com, um, where you can also, you know, check out all your favorite old episodes, link up to all our social media, or don't! Or don't! Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh- Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh my my god! God. Oh Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Ha, 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 ha.